0: Thank you
1: Test. Test. Good morning, praise the Lord. We're gonna go ahead and get started this morning. I know there's a few still coming in the door out there, so uh, make their way to their seats in just a moment. A couple of announcements, first of all, uh, if, if you notice, I'm, I'm not Pastor Gary. Um, he's not quite as good looking as I am. the first thing you notice. I had to say that because he keeps talking about how I talk about how good looking I am, and, and he's right, I am good looking, so. He and Sister Vonda, they, they took some time off this spring break to go with their kids. I think Josie was out of school, so they took a little time to go and and uh, take a little vacation with them, spend some time with them. So uh, we pray that they're getting rest and and uh, getting ready to come back and be on fire and, and get us fired up too. So, but uh, but you, you got to deal with me this morning. So. Um, couple of announcements I do want to say I apologize we don't have uh, bulletins out there Uh, It did not cross my mind at all this week that I needed to get a bulletin done so uh, pastor usually takes care of that and it just slipped my mind but a couple things to remember this week uh, Tuesday night is heart to heart for the women uh, back here in the fellowship hall at six o'clock so don't don't forget about that if you have more questions talk to Marla or Faith or who somebody uh, talk to a woman and they can get you lined up but it is at six o'clock in the fellowship hall I know that much so Oh, it's in the sanctuary this time. No meal. Eat before you come. Prayer. All right. Good deal. Get full of the Holy Spirit. All right. So, see, I said talk to a woman. There you go. That's what you need to do. But anyway, um, but it is at 6, right? 6 o'clock Tuesday. Okay. Also, prime timers, uh, this Saturday are going to the Wolf Den in Gainesville, Texas. That is a restaurant. Home cooking. They said they're going to the wolf den. I said, no, wait a minute. it's not one of those, you know, dance halls or something like that. And they said, no, 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 no. You never know about these prime timers, I'm, I'm telling you. I mean, they're in the prime of their life, you know. So. anyway, they're leaving at eleven thirty. If you're gonna ride here at the church, eleven thirty, ride the van down. Or if you want to meet down there, they're gonna be there about twelve thirty. Um, I know that's a long time to get to Gainesville, but there's construction that that they're concerned about. So meet here at 1130. The van will leave at 1130. Meet here at 1120. Uh, That way you get a seat on the van and then uh, go down there and have a good time eating and and fellowshipping and whatever else. They're probably going to go shopping too, so uh, no? No shop. Okay. Now, if it's heart-to-heart, you know they'd be shopping. I don't know how the men talk the women out of that, but anyway. but. Uh, okay, but anyway, so they'll have a good time and uh, and that's always a good time when they get together, fellowship and eating and having a good time as well as the heart to heart. If you missed men's breakfast yesterday, you missed out because we had some delicious food and a great word. I can't, I don't see Tim, I think was brought us a great word. I was, going, I was going to point him out, but he's not here, but he brought a great word yesterday, and, uh, and we really enjoyed it. If you don't come to the men's breakfast, uh, I think it's the third Saturday of every month at 8 30 in the morning back in the fellowship hall, uh, you need to come. It's a great time. We hang out. We talk about stuff that men talk about, you know, uh, and just uh, fish, guns, hunting, food, you know, stuff like that, um, and Jesus. Well, that's a, we always talk about Jesus, but it's a good time. So come out to that, enjoy it. So we have something for men, we have something for the ladies, we have something for prime timers, we have something for youth, we have something for kids. If you're not involved in the church, it's not because there's not. We have also have young adults. I don't believe young adults. We have something for every age group. Okay. So if you're not involved, it's it's not because it's not there. You just need to get involved, and and, and I believe the Lord will bless you, and uh, and He'll grow you through those ministries as well. So um, if our ushers have come this morning. I did make a note to uh, take up offerings, so I wouldn't forget that as well. But we're gonna take up our tithes and offering this morning, and then we're gonna enter into worship, and then I've got a message this morning from the Lord, I believe, and so we're gonna have a good time this morning. And all right, let's pray over the offering this morning. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you for your presence, Lord, in this place. Lord, we thank you for your blessings, Lord. I thank you for all the times that you've blessed me, no matter what the situation, no matter what the times and the hardships. Lord, we can always look to you for our blessings. And Lord, as we give to you, we know that you multiply, God. You give it back to us in abundance, Lord. And this morning, it may be tough to reach in and, and, and pay that tithe, to pay that offering, but God, we know that you're gonna bless it. You're gonna multiply. You're gonna send it back to us a hundredfold, 10,000-fold sometimes, Lord, and we thank you for that. Lord, your word says you'll open the windows of heaven and pour a blessing we can't contain. And Lord, we just look for that this morning as we as we give to you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing. Lord, as we begin our service, we pray for a move of the Holy Spirit. We pray that you'd move mightily upon us today, Lord, as we, as we worship you, as we look to you, Father. We give you glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.
0: you might as well get up on your feet. Father, we thank you this morning that we have a time to enter in and praise and worship to your holy name. Father, help us this morning not to take that for granted. In Jesus' name, amen. Come, you who are weary. Come, you who are strong. Take in his wondrous glory and dance the freedom song. Enter all ye nations, worship at his throne, and glorify the wonders of Christ and Christ alone. Come on,
1: come
0: on to the presence of our God. This is where our hope and peace. the gift of grace enter all ye nations worship at his throne and glorify the wonders of christ and christ alone come on come home to the presence of our god this is where
1: like what that says. The enemy can't take what I have. You know why? So we belong to God. If you're here this morning and you have a need or you know of someone that has a need, there's a need. Why don't you, I'll tell you what, step out in the aisle. Find the nearest aisle, just step out in the aisle this morning. If you have a need this morning, I don't care what it is. Maybe it's somebody you know has a need. Do you know what? God is the God that heals. He's the God that delivers. He's the God that sets free find somebody and just lay your hand on them and let's just pray for them because you know what what god gives us the enemy can't take away and i believe what god gives us today the enemy can't take away sing to chorus of chorus. hallelujah father we come before you on behalf of each of these lord lord whatever the need is no matter how great or small right now in the name of jesus lord we claim the healing we claim deliverance god we claim a move right now god And, Lord, right now, we put the enemy on notice that whatever he gives us, whatever God gives us right now, he can't take away. Lord, it's ours because you've given it to us, Lord. Lord, right now, send healing, Lord. Right now, move in their lives, Lord. Move in lives right now, Father. We love you, God. We glorify you for your healing. We by now, but you know I'm I need, just slip your hand up. And just give it to God right now. Let me tell you, the presence of God is here and He wants to move. He wants to touch you right now. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give Him praise one more time for what He's doing. Lord, we praise you this morning. We love you. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. We thank you, God, for miracles right now, God. As you're sending them out, Lord, you're performing miracles. We thank you. We praise you, God. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated this morning. Why don't we give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? Hallelujah. Man, isn't God good? Amen. I believe God still performs miracles. I believe he still touches lives. Amen. How about you? Amen. I know we're worried about COVID and we're worried about all that stuff, but every now and then I, I think if we just lay hands on each other, I think God will honor that. I think he'll protect us. Man, if we can't expect God to protect us for praying over someone for healing, that we might get sick for praying over them. We probably need to be praying over them because our faith isn't very strong. Amen. I want to take a moment before I get into my message this morning. I want to say thank you to all of you. We, last weekend we had a walk-a-thon. Uh, we walked 10 miles. The youth walked 10 miles to, to raise money for the, um, uh, the, the missions trip. And um, I did not walk 10 miles. <laughs> there was some question over that. But I feel like as the youth pastor, it's my job to make sure everybody's safe. Make sure that everybody has water and, you know, and, and, and trail mix and stuff. you know and, and, and I feel like if they was to turn their ankle and get hurt, they need somebody there in a Jeep to haul them back to safety. And there just happened to be a giant mud hole over there beside the lake. And I don't know about y'all, but it hadn't rained at my place in a long time. I didn't see very many mud holes here lately, so I fell off in it. I didn't mean to get in the bottom of it. I just meant to, you know, get around the edge of it, and we slipped off in it. Now, I, Lynn was riding with me when we went around the first time, and and then he he walked the second time. So when y'all see Lynn, y'all y'all pat him on the back. He walked half of it. He walked five miles. He cooked for us. He rode a little bit, and then I drove him over and dropped him off so he could start cooking lunch. But he walked the he walked five miles, and that 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 is that's that's a lot more than I did. And so, and so I had one of the students with me that wasn't raising money and. So we saw that big mud hole, and, and, and uh, he said, uh, "It's your jeep. It's, it's your call." But I'd do it if it was my jeep. <laughs> I mean, what could I say? So I, we pulled off in it, and you know, and, and Hannah keeps saying I got stuck, and I said, "My jeep's sitting outside. It's not in that hole. If I'd have got stuck, it'd still be there." But you know, I didn't. Nobody pulled me out. It took me a little while, but I got out of it. Slung <laughs> mud all over everything. Forgot to roll the windows up, so I got mud inside of it. <laughs> That's all right though. We had fun. But all of you that pledged them and, and sponsored, them, I don't even know how much was pledged. I don't know how much was was given. I, uh, I haven't got a total on it yet because they're still collecting their money. But I really appreciate you guys. We're going to have a great time this summer on our mission trip. Where uh, for those that haven't heard me talk about it a hundred times, we're going to the Great Passion Play. Um, it, most of you probably, some of you probably been and it's an it's an awesome opportunity these students have to and not just students any any of the adults that want to go with us are welcome to go with us because it's not just for the youth Um, but uh, they're going to get to work for the passion play do the stuff during the weekend on Friday night they get to be in the passion play they get to be a character now it may be you know a person standing on street number four but (laughs) they get to be a character I mean and this is awesome I mean you know, this is this is not just you know the local play downtown. This is this is the world we're known. World, it's known all over the world. <laughs> so we're excited about it. Not only that, but they they get to go to one of the showings uh, earlier in the week, and they get to do all the stuff that's there. But they also get to be a part of it and get to minister to people as well. And so it's it's going to be a great time of them actually putting in some work towards helping people reach. Jesus, and you know there's thousands of people come through there every year, and, and watch this thing. And so if they if if they get, they get to paint a post or you know or feed a, a goat that that somebody comes in and 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 because of their work somebody comes there and, and hears about Jesus, man, it's worth it. So uh, so it's a lot. We're gonna have fun, but it's gonna be some work too. So we're excited about it. Um, but again, I just want to say thank you for those that supported them uh, for their walkathon. Um, I didn't get any pledges, so I didn't feel like I need to walk. So. Anyway, if I'd have got enough money, I'd have walked it by myself. But anyway, let's move on. Let's get in the Word before it gets, you know, out of hand here. Um, turn in your Bibles, if you would. We'll, we'll start with Scripture. Genesis chapter 4. I sat down this week, and, and, and I knew I was going to be speaking this morning. And so I, I sat down, and I, I worked on a message. And, and then I, I felt I had two thoughts. And so I wrote two messages. And at 4 o'clock this morning, I just gelled them together, so maybe we'll get out of here. I told uh, Ethan Tibbs, we were sitting up here yesterday, and I said, I've really got two messages, and I'm not sure which one to preach. He said, preach both of them. I said, okay, we'll take a 15-minute break and to go get something to eat and come back. No. In uh, Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 through 7, it says, Now Adam was with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help I have produced a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs to give uh, from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be appreciated if you do what is right, but if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door and eager to control you, but you must subdue it and become its master. Let's pray this morning. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the lessons that we learned from your word. Lord, we thank you that your word is relevant and it's as real today as it was written thousands of years ago. Father, and as we look to your word this morning, Father, I pray that you would open our hearts and minds to receive your word, which you have for us. Lord, not my words but yours, Lord, not my will but yours, Lord, and we praise you this morning in the name of Jesus, amen. So we all know this story about Cain and Abel, we all know the joke, why did God accept Cain, or why did God not accept Cain's uh, offering, because he wasn't able? maybe you've heard that joke, maybe not, maybe I didn't tell it very well, I don't know, but anyway, but why did the Lord reject Cain's offering and accept Abel's? I mean, this is Genesis chapter 4. We're just now starting getting into the book. How many of you read the Bible the first time from the beginning through? Or did you like go to church and hear all these other chapters and scriptures? If you picked up the Bible and had never read it before and started in Genesis chapter 1, this would be an interesting story because it talks about the creation and it talks about the first man, the first woman, and, and their sin. And then it goes right into their children. And all of a sudden, their children are taking an offering to God, God accepts one, rejects the other, but it doesn't tell us why. It's kind of interesting. We, we know, having grown up in church, about the sacrifices and everything and, and what the Lord later revealed through Moses of what they were supposed to do and how to do it. But at this point, if you started at the beginning of the Bible, you'd have no clue as to why God accepted one offering and rejected the other. And so it makes us wonder. And so I I did a little research because I was curious about this. And I've thought about this before, but I I was curious. and, And so, you know, we really don't know why. It's never really explained to us. Now, there's people out there with smart minds and degrees and things that they think they know why. And I'll tell you what they said. I don't know necessarily which one is true. But they talk about that God had given them instructions. And that makes sense. God had instructed Adam and Eve and, of course, Cain and Abel and anyone, okay, at this time of harvest, you bring your offering to me, the Lord, and this is what you bring. And apparently uh, Cain didn't follow instructions very well because what he brought wasn't accepted. So whatever God had told them, it wasn't according, Cain didn't do it right. Now, that's, that's one theory. That's one way to look at it. And, I mean, uh, you know, if we read on later, we know that God wanted a certain offering a certain way, and so we accept that. Uh, another, uh, another theory was that because it was not a blood offering, he offered his fruit or his vegetables or whatever he was, it says he cultivated the earth. He was a a gardener or a farmer. Maybe, uh, maybe because it wasn't a a blood offering and maybe that, but we don't know that because it doesn't say what God have uh, required of them. And, and, um, but I think the most, the, the theory that I read and that I believe the best or to be the most accurate would be. If you read back through it, and it doesn't really matter which translation you read, um, I'm reading from the, I think it's the New King James, but it says that Cain brought some of his crops and Abel brought the best portions of his firstborn lambs. And so we don't, it doesn't give us any explanation to that. It doesn't give us anything more to that. It doesn't tell us what it meant by some of his crops but I want to tell you something today. If I bring you the best of the best of the best of the best, I'm going to tell you this is the best of the best of the best of the best. If, if I make you something as a gift, if, if, if Carol Stinson, if she brings you a, a book that she's made, it's the best of the best. You're not going to find anything better than it. She's given you the best. She's not going to be like, well, I had some scraps left over, so I just stuck some glue in them, and pff, there it is. No, if she brings you a book, it's going to be the best, and it's going to be, the, it's going to be high quality. We know it is. But if I say, well, I've got some back there in the storeroom, that doesn't usually mean it's the best of the best, right? We've got, we've got some communion cra- uh, crackers back there when we serve communion. You may get some of those, some communion crackers. They're not the new ones we're going to go buy, but we've got some left, to, and so we'll bring those. Who wants those old stale? Na- if the, them things are stale when they're new. Listen, when I went to Pastor Mansville Assembly, I walked in there and they had those little cups that were pre-made. Them things had been on the shelf for years because they were fermented. I mean, it was just a shot, but you know. Listen, if somebody gives you something, you don't want just some of what they have. You want the best of what they have. And so when the Bible records it and it says that Cain brought some of his crops, it's almost like he said Oh, shoot, today's harvest. Crud. Man, what am I going to do? What am I going to bring? What am I going to wear? How many of you got? To... Never mind. It's those 16 outfits on the bed pastor was talking about. What am I going to give to the Lord? It's I got I We're doing this today, you know, mom, dad doing it, you know, my brother, my, you know, my brown-nosing brother, you know, he's over there. He's, he's, he's loading up his lambs already. He's combing them out and... Well, I got some celery over here, and I got some broccoli, and some nobody likes broccoli. I got some Brussels sprouts. Those are gross. Hey, I'll I'll just, you know, nobody wants those anyway, so I'll just gather them up, and I'll give them to the Lord. He just gathered up some. Doesn't say that he pulled the first, the best, his prize pumpkin that was 800 pounds that he was taking to the fair. No, he just gathered up some. And so that's kind of, when I read this, that's how I feel about it. Well, he just gathered up some. I got to get something. I'll gather up some and take it. But not Abel. Abel says he, he, he brought the best of his firstborn. And Proverbs 3.9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase. And this morning I want to talk to you for a few moments about, I believe we're supposed to give God our first fruits, our best. Now we don't have to give an offering anymore. We don't have to sacrifice lambs and, and goats. And I'm glad we don't have to sacrifice lambs. Listen, I went to some friends of mine's house to eat one time, and they, he shut the door and locked it behind me and said, we're having lamb for dinner, and I'm a lamb. <laughs> that made me a little nervous. <laughs> Turns out it was a rack of lamb instead of a chasing lamb. But listen, we don't have to offer sacrifice like that anymore, but I still believe God wants your best, your first fruit. He wants the best that you can give to him. He doesn't want you to just give him some. He wants you to give him the best. And listen, God wants you to give him your best so he can give you his best. And so a couple things this morning I want to talk to you about giving God your first fruit or your best of. The first one is time. You see, the Rolling Stones sang a song, Time is on my side, and it went like this. Some of you are thinking it in your mind, aren't you? It went like this, time is on my side. Yes, it is. But is it really? I mean, we think of time and we think, man, wish you'd hurry up because I'm hungry. I wish, you know, how many many of you find yourselves running all the time just to get everything that you got to get done done? And a lot of times you don't even get it all done. But you find yourself, man, the time just goes by so fast. Where does all the time go? Look, I've got, I carry a little notebook in my pocket, and I get, my wife makes fun of me. But I carry a list here. This is what our kids do each week. This is just the regular everyday things. It's Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday's church, obviously, Thursday and Friday. And this doesn't include ball games. It doesn't include dentist appointments. It doesn't include all that stuff. This is just the everyday stuff. And I have to keep a list to remember where they're supposed to be. With this kid I pick up here, I drop off that one there, I go to this. I mean, how many of you find yourselves like this? It's just constant. I mean, you know, and I'm forgetful. I can't remember. It's like, it's Tuesday. What's today? So I wrote it down. So I would remember because I kept forgetting, and I'd leave a kid somewhere. I don't know why you're laughing. It's true. (laughs) And they don't call me. They call Jill, and Jill calls me. It's like they call the principal, and the principal calls me, (laughs) and I get in trouble for it. But we find ourselves running. Listen, the only place I ever find myself where time doesn't seem to be just flying by and I don't have enough of it is sitting in the doctor's office. I don't know what it is, how they figure it out, but the doctors have figured out how to make time slow down. He was only in there an hour, yeah, but it felt like I was in there a week in the waiting room. And then they take you back. I don't know why you have an appointment in the doctor's office anyway. I think it's just so they can sit back here and laugh at you. But listen, time is important to us because we don't have a lot of time. Time is not on our side. It's something that we fight to have enough time. We struggle. And then we find ourselves crawling into bed at night trying to remember, you know, pulling out our list. Did I forget a kid somewhere? Did I forget to do something? Did, did I Did I turn the lights off? Did I lock the door? Did I, you know, did, did I park the car? Did I, you know, I mean, you know. That I lock the office at work? What, we, we find ourselves at night, we have to take time to shut our brain down from running around all day long, and then we don't get enough sleep because time runs out. Yeah. So my question this morning, what are some of the things that take up your time? Let, let's start with easy ones. Work. Work takes up a lot of our time. Yeah. School for the kids. Uh, family. Yeah. Family takes up a lot of our time. I mean, this is my family right here. I told Jeff we didn't have kids, man, I didn't know what I'd do all day. I could get a lot more stuff done around the house. She'd be like, I got a list for you here. It's... <laughs> Some other things take up our time that's less important or less crucial is entertainment. How many hours of TV do you get to watch? Or do you watch? Shouldn't be get to. How many times do you go to the movies? How many times do you go, you know, out to eat and whatever your entertainment is? Uh, how much time do you spend on that? How much time, uh, TV, I mentioned TV. How much time on the internet do you spend on the internet? Whether it's on your phone or on a computer or a tablet or wherever. I remember when it took 15 minutes just to get on the internet. And now, man, we can be on the internet that quick. And we can, Man, we can spend hours on the internet. Because on the internet, there's this thing called social media. You know, used to socialize, you had to go to somebody's house. That's why they always had that cake. Some of, you, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You had that cake put back. So when somebody showed up unexpectedly, oh, we got a cake. Bring that cake out here. It's, you know, knock the dust off of it or pull it out of the freezer. <laughs> pull it out of the freezer, throw it in the oven for a few minutes, you know, warm it up. I mean, we don't do that now. We can do it on the Internet. Now we do it with social media. And if you, whatever your style of social media is, looking across this room, most of you probably, your style is is Facebook. That's where you get Facebook. But if we look down to the younger ones, they're on Instagram. Facebook, they call mom book because it's more mom generation. It's true. It's true. Um, but they're on Instagram. Listen, they spend hours and hours Snapchatting each other. Because I've got a, I've got a, a streak of 47,000 people that I have to snap every day or I don't continue my streak with them. I told the kids, I said, I want a streak. They thought it was funny. You guys didn't think it's funny. But anyway, I, told, I said, I want to start a streak. Nobody wanted to streak with me. Okay, a streak is where you snap someone every day. You send a picture to them every day, and then it's called a streak. Maybe that's why y'all didn't get the joke. But anyway, I told that in youth. They all just, they like, gross. All right. Oh, we spend hours and hours and hours making some idiot famous on TikTok by watching him fall off his roof a thousand times. And we make him a lot of money. It's almost worth throwing a kid off the roof just to make money from people watching a video. I mean, social media takes up so much of our time. You know, and, 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 and this is not with the message, but that's time we could be spending with other people. That's time we could be sharing Jesus with people. And we're are we sharing Jesus? Well, I clicked on that little say, that meme or that saying or that picture. It was so wonderful and lovely. It had Jesus in the background. Yeah, but then a couple of times later, you was down there grabbing somebody up because they peeled out in your driveway or something you know, or something worse than that. Or you liked it because someone else was God. Social media takes up so much of our time. We spend a lot of time on social media. How much time do we give to God? How much time do we spend in prayer? How much time do we spend reading his word? Listen, I, I, I sit in the church office four days a week. I got lots of time to read his read this word. But some of you guys don't don't have that privilege. You don't have the opportunity to go to work and pray and read the Bible. I mean, I go to a church to go to work, so I can come in here and pray in the altar. I can sit in my office and read, and, and I sit back there and study, and I, and, I, and I go by there and pastor sitting there reading his Bible and studying, and he'll be in there praying, or he'll come in here. And, but, but not everybody has that, that opportunity. And, and so when, it's, when it comes time to do this schedule and to keep up with everything, do we make time for God? Because if we don't make time for it, it's not going to happen. And so sometimes we say, man, why isn't God blessing me? Why am I not receiving a healing? Why am I not receiving a miracle? Why does it seem like so-and-so always gets their blessing? They get, they get, man, God is moving in them. Listen, I was a little jealous this week. It was spring break, and I was at home, and I'm watching all of y'all and other people on vacation at the beach and, you know, and at Branson and here and there and everywhere. I got man, friends on Facebook. I just stopped watching Facebook. It's my mom and my brothers at the beach right now. I'm like, why didn't I get an invite to that? I hope they're watching. Probably not, but anyway, they're at the beach. But, I mean, I was a little jealous because I was like, man, I'm stuck here at work. You know, or I'm here at the house. I got the kids. I got, you know, and, and, and they're off on vacation. And, and so, but, but the thing about it is sometimes we get so caught up in all that, what other people are doing, we, we should be taking time for what God is doing. And we look at what other people are doing and we say, God bless them so much, man. How in the world do they afford that? How in the world do they do that? They don't even go to church. But yet, are we giving our time to God? Are we giving God our first fruit of our time? Are we giving our first and our best and of, of our time to God? And I know you've probably heard this preached a hundred times, but but it's the truth. And the thing about it is, if you think about it and you write down and you keep a schedule, how do you, is God on that schedule? I mean, I, I've got I've got listen, I've got dance tumbling, dance dance ball, whatever that is. It's not it's not fighting robots. I found out. I thought that's what it was. Circle the state with song. That's, that's not happening anymore. Discovery Club. I mean, I've got all these things that the kids are doing, and, and, and I can make a schedule of them, and you guys all have a schedule similar to that and ball games and this stuff, but where on your schedule does it say God? What would it take to go home and pull out your schedule for this week and write in God here, God there, God over here, God here? Ten minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe even an hour. Whoo! Man, imagine what God would do if you give him an hour every day. I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10 says, when Daniel, uh, uh, when Daniel knew the writing was signed, he had heard about the decree that King Darius had issued about not praying to anyone except King Darius. It says that Daniel went home, and in his upper room with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his, day, his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before God, as was a custom since his early days. Daniel took time three times a day to go to his place and get down on his knees and pray to God. Now, how long did he pray? It doesn't say. Maybe a minute, maybe 10 minutes, maybe an hour. But he took time three times a day. It was in his schedule. This is the time that I go pray. Daniel was so known for doing this that his enemies used it against him. That's why they had the decree put out that nobody could pray to anyone except King Darius. Because they knew that Daniel was going to go and pray. It wasn't hidden. It wasn't something he said, well, I won't put it on my schedule. Somebody might say No, he said, I'm going to be there from this time and this time and this time. Every day I'm going to make time for God. And because of that, if you read the story of Daniel, you'll see that he's promoted over and over and over again in a foreign land. Man, imagine what your boss would do if you said, I need to take a break. I need to go pray. I need to take a break. I'm going to pull my Bible or even my phone out and read his word for a minute. Hang on. Hang on. I'll be there in just a minute. I'm going to finish this chapter up. Now, don't go against your boss and say, I'm taking my time to make no. But just say, hey, instead of sitting in here in the break room, I'm going to go outside and read. Or I'm going to go outside and pray where it's quiet. Man, think about what God could do if you took time every day to just spend time in his presence. Think about how you would feel. Man, how good you feel when you leave here on Sunday morning. You can feel that way when you leave the break room on Monday morning in your break. Or when you get up to go to work after you've had prayer time in the morning. Well, it's hard to get up in the morning... If I could get up in the morning, I wouldn't look like this because we try to work out in the morning. But if you took that effort and woke up ten minutes early and just spent that time praying, now don't lay in bed because you'll go back to sleep. Get up and walk around the house, you know, allow the Holy Spirit to speak because at that time of the morning you can't speak clearly, but the Holy Spirit will intercede for you to the Father. Give God some time. Read His word. Give Whatever it is, spend time... I find it hard to believe people can't find time for church anymore. Well, I got this and I got this and and you know and we get ready and it, it takes my wife three hours to get ready because she goes through 14 outfits. We the pastor talked about this. It's not me, babe. It's Pat. You know, I'm just re, I'm just reiterating what he preached on last week. I I set out everything last night. I knew it. I was I was wearing today. I listened to him. He said get ready the night before. I knew what I was wearing. I didn't like have it laid out, but it's it's in the closet. It's not like it's had to go to town to get it. You know, we'll go to church next weekend. Okay, I'm, I'm going to church this Sunday. Well, your parents are coming in next weekend. Well, maybe we'll go the weekend after that. I mean, you know, it's, it's hard enough to get people just to come to church, to give up their time to go to church. And I'm asking you to do it every day. But you know what? You know why Cain's offering was rejected and Abel's was accepted? Because he gave us first. And if you want God to accept your offer, you want him to accept your time, you want him to. I'm telling you, sometimes I feel like I'm running. I, and I heard a guy say, I don't know if I lost my horse or found a rope. I've been running so much. But, you know, the thing about it is I don't know if I'm coming or going or I meet myself coming and going. But the thing about it is, it, you know, when I take time and I stop and pray, it seems like my day goes a whole lot smoother. It seems like my time just, it, 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 I've got more time to do things. And God will make it where you have more times. Okay. Another thing that we need to give God our first fruits that we need to give God is, is our love. And you say, well, that's an easy one. Of course we love God. Matthew 22, 22, 37, Jesus said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. That's pretty much everything. Yeah. Love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. It should say in all your time. But I, but I already talked about that. Yeah. You know, we need to give God our first love. Listen, I want to tell you something. In life, and and I've been there, we spend so much time looking for love from everyone else that we forget about the one who loves us no matter what. This morning we were talking about the Holy Spirit in Sunday school and it said the Holy Spirit loves unconditionally. Not when you deserve it, not when you want it, not when you do something good, not when you give him your time, but he loves you no matter what, no matter when, unconditionally. There's no condition to God's love. And that should be our love to him. Well, God bless me? I'll love him if he bless me. If God give me what I need, I'll love him. I sure will give him praise when he, when he heals me, when he delivers me, when them bills get paid on time. But God wants our love all the time. That should be the first thing that we give our love to. No matter what, God deserves our love. Who deserves our love more than God? Who gave his life for us? The Bible says, no greater love with any man shown than to lay down his life for his friends. God loved us. Jesus loved us so much he gave his life for us while we were still sinners. He didn't give his life for a bunch of Christians. He didn't give his life for a bunch of people that are fine. If everybody was following Jesus, following God and not sinning, Jesus wouldn't have had to come. I mean, think about that. We think about well, Jesus came for the church. No, he didn't. He came for the sinners. He came for the world. You know, we have a hard time giving of ourselves to someone that we hate. And there's people out there I don't even like to see. I don't like to be around. I don't want to hear from them. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want anything to do with them because of what they've done to me. I sure don't want to give my life for them. But Jesus said, you know what? I don't care if they love me. If they hate me, I give myself to them. Who deserves our love more than that? And yet we spread our love out to everybody so thin that we don't have time to give it to God. We don't have enough love left to give to God. And, and, and that shows in how we live. It shows in the language that we speak. It shows in the way that we act, the way that we talk. It shows where we go, who we hang out with. The things that we do show in the fact of whether we're giving God our first love. Because if we're not giving our first love to God, it's going to show. Listen, I love my wife. She's a beautiful woman. She's 10 years younger than me. Listen, I, I was 40 years old and I didn't have a wife and, and I had a bunch of kids I needed help with and and you know and, and I was all alone and I was all alone and lonely and man I was 40 years old and fat and I was a preacher and had three kids and and you know preachers aren't you know it's not like I was a stock person walking around in a you know a, a really nice thousand dollar suit you know I was a preacher of a small church in a small town and this 29 year old girl called me right. That's right. This. And I love that woman. She's still 29. But if I didn't show her I loved her, if I didn't make loving her a priority, she wouldn't be here. I'd still be alone. And older and fatter and, and grayer. You know what? If we don't give God our first love, how can we complain if we don't feel his love back towards us? God never stopped loving you, but if you're not loving him, sometimes you don't feel that love back. How can we come to church and say, oh, I need a miracle, God. I need a blessing. I, I need I need a financial million, uh, miracle in my life. I need, I need bills paid. Man, I had to buy gas. They took three forms of identification and a credit check just to fill my tank up this morning. Some of you are like, that's right, that's right. God, I need help, but if I don't show him love, see, if, if I don't love that woman right there, if I don't show her I love her, I'm going to come in and, and it's going to be awful cold in that house. You know, they may not, be, I'm going to go in there and be like, why ain't there any groceries in the house? Why, why are you not talking to me? Because I'm not showing her love. If I don't make God my priority of loving him first in my life and giving him my love, then how can I come in and say, but God, why aren't I receiving the blessings? God, I need a miracle. And God's going to be like, who, what, what? Hang on. Let me think about it because I can't remember. It's been so long since I've seen you. It's been so long since I've talked to you. We've got to give God our first love. It's got to be a priority. Time and love. Now listen, I like to think of it like this. Time is easy to understand, but time equals our life. Okay, we're going to give God all our time. It's basically giving Him our lives. Yeah. Turn our entire. We give God our first fruits of our life. We give of my life. I give it to God. That's why I'm standing here preaching today. That doesn't mean He's going to call you to be a preacher because you make a commitment to give Him your life. Right. He may call you to be a teacher or, or whatever, a student or a worker, whatever. But whatever you are to be, give God your life. Give Him the priority in your life. Okay, and 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 if um, love equals a heart. We hear that. I love you with all my heart. We give God our heart. Okay. Now, I'm not, a, I'm, not, I'm not a good math person. I think of it like this. I'm 85% bad at math and 25% good at math. But I give 110%. Okay. I'm not a, I'm not a math person. My wife picks at me and makes fun of me because I, I've been preaching and spouted off some math facts. And she said, that don't add up. Doesn't have to. I'm a preacher not a math teacher but one thing I know is this and she makes fun of me because this is what I bring up all the time about math the Pythagorean Pythagorean theory theorem there you go the square of a hypotenuse of a a right triangle you add the sums of the other two legs the formula for it is a squared plus b squared equals c squared some of you know what I'm talking about some of you kids in school, geometry, you're like, yeah, we, we learned that. I don't know what it means. But I know that. But see, here's the thing. I know A squared plus B squared equals C squared. That's the square of a, of a hypotenuse. I like that word. And I like the Pythagorean theorem. That's the only reason I can remember it. That's the only math I know. Don't ask me to do anything else. Don't ask me to figure that. You give me a triangle with numbers on it, I don't want to see it. I just want to know A squared plus B squared equals C squared. And so I relate it like this. That means A plus B equals C. So if A is your time or your life and B is your heart, your love, and you give those to God, you give him priority, then it has to equal something, and I believe it equals you becoming an overcomer. That's my other message I had, becoming an overcomer. I told you this morning about 4 o'clock, I was up praying, and man, it just it just gelled together. I completely deleted point three and, and, and wrote this in, but I believe A plus B equals C. I believe if you give all of your time, you give your life to God, you give him priority. I believe you give him all of your love, you give him your heart, you give him your soul, everything that you have within you, you give him first choice in it, priority in it. God will make you an overcomer, and I can back it up in the word of God. Listen, I love the book of Daniel, but I don't think that it should be titled Daniel. I know it's about Daniel, but I think the book of Daniel should be titled Overcomers. Because if you read the book of Daniel, you're going to find a bunch of kids that was taken and stolen from their homeland. And they were taken to another country, a foreign land. And most likely their parents were killed. Never to They had no home to go back to because it was destroyed. They were taken out of their home, taken to a foreign land where they had to learn a foreign language. They were given foreign names. They had to eat foreign food. They had to live in a foreign culture, and they were forced to accept it. They were by every means of the word defeated, but yet they were overcomers. How in the world could you take these kids and say they were overcomers? Well, I read the Bible, and it says that at least four of them that we know of, that they're named there. We know Daniel, and then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were promoted within the Babylonian uh, political system. They were made rulers over the Babylonians, and these weren't even Babylonians. These were kids stolen from Israel. And yet, they were overcomers. How did they become overcomers? Okay, okay. Let me. I'm going to give you three, the three stories, three examples of it. Daniel, we know when they first got there, they were forced to eat this food that was not godly. God had given them instructions in the Bible, said, or in the Word, said, do not, this is what you're supposed to eat, do not eat this other unclean food. And they were given all this food and said, you have to eat this. Daniel said, but this goes against what our God said. And the guy said, I don't care. All I care is about my superior who's going to beat me. If I don't make you eat this because you'll become sick and you'll become weak. And Daniel said, give me 10 days. Man, how many of you ever told the devil, give me 10 days, devil. I'm going to pray for 10 days. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to fast. I'm going to work for God for 10 days. Give me 10 days, devil. You see what happens. Man, if we took 10 days and let ourselves get on fire for God as Daniel was, there would nothing stop us. But Daniel said, give me 10 days and let us eat only what we eat what our diet says, what our God says we're supposed to eat. And the guy said, I can do that, but after 10, if you're you're weaker, you're going to to eat this other stuff, the the fatty foods and the the wines and all the stuff that they had to eat. And Daniel said, okay, so for 10 days they did this Daniel fast. And after 10 days, those who did the Daniel fast was stronger and healthier than those who didn't do the Daniel fast. And guess what? God got the glory for it because that old boy said, well, if that's what y'all turn out like, I'm going to make everybody eat this. So that was one example of how they become an overcomer because they put God first in their food. How many of you put God first in what you eat? I pray over it before I eat it. God bless this fried chicken. Mm. Man, ain't no southern Southern preacher not going to eat fried chicken, I'm telling you. That's why we always get these big old bellies on us. The second thing. The second thing that they become overcomers, I read about this a second ago, King Darius issued a decree that nobody could pray to anybody except to him for 30 days. Daniel heard about this, and Daniel said, hmm, I better give in to that. I better not do it. I better not go pray like I normally do because if I do, I'll I'll be putting the lines in and I'll die. Uh Uh-uh. Daniel said, don't nobody come between me and God. I don't put anybody first except God. God, my prayer is for God. And he went to his house and he prayed three times that day. And those sniveling little snitches went and found him and told him. And Darius and Darius liked Daniel because at this point he'd been promoted. He was a ruler in the land. And he liked Daniel, but he couldn't do anything about it because he had issued the decree. And so he had to call Daniel and take him to the lion's den and throw him in. And the next morning, that king was sitting there after not sleeping all night at the, the, the door or whatever to the lion's den. And he said, Daniel, did your God protect you? Now think about this. This is a Babylonian king. This is not a a Hebrew king. This is not a Jewish king. This is Babylonian. This is the evil ones. These are the bad people. And he looked at Daniel and said, did your God protect you? And Daniel said, yes, he did. He sent an angel to shut the mouth of the lions. He became an overcomer because he put God first. And he said, I'm not going to pray to anybody but God. Let me tell you, sometimes your boss may ask you to do some things that's not moral, that's not right. And you have a choice to make. Am I going to be put God first in what he says is right? Sometimes your husband or your wife or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or somebody, is, a friend is going to ask you to do things that's not right, that's not a right according to God, and you got a choice to make. Am I going to put God first or am I going to put my friendship or my relationship first? Because if you don't, you're going to suffer for it. Sometimes you got to say, look, I'm putting God first no matter what it brings. No matter what, that's what Daniel said. I'm going to go pray. I'm going to put God first because it's that priority. Not only did Daniel get saved from the lion's den, but King Darius, the heathen king, rejoiced and praised God of Daniel. And he had the other people put to death and he promoted Daniel again. You see where this is going? The third, the third story in the book of Daniel, and there's more than this, but just the third one that I'm going to talk about is the, the the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego at the fiery furnace. You guys know this story. King Nebuchadnezzar built a statue that was 90 feet tall and nine feet wide, and I believe it was a statue that looked like him. 90 feet tall, nine foot wide. Man, that took a lot of material to do that. It took a while to do it. And he, and he brought everybody in the land. He said, everybody come here, and when the music plays, you bow down and worship this statue. In other words, he wanted to be worshiped. He wanted to be exalted as a god. And y'all know the story that when the music played, everybody bowed down and worship except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It doesn't tell us where Daniel was, but he must not have been there, because I believe he'd have been standing there with, with these three guys. They didn't bow down and worship, and somebody, those, those same snitches, come along and said, look what they're doing and they was brought before Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar said, I'll give you one more chance. You bow down and worship me right now, and I'll let you go. But if not, it's, I'm going to throw you in that fiery furnace. And then he had it heated seven times hotter. It was so hot, it said the people that carried them over there died. And it says, I'll give you one more chance. And this is where the three Hebrew children had a choice to make. Do I put God first and get thrown in that fiery furnace? Or do I give in and, and, and live? And they said, mm mm. There wasn't even a choice. Right. I don't think they even thought about it. Matter of fact, in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 through 18, it says, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. Wow. Man, they were standing in front of the enemy. They were standing in front, I mean, you could say they were standing in front of the devil. And they said, We don't need to defend ourselves to you. Right. Who are you? that you come along and think you're a God that I need to defend myself to. They said, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. When's the last time you thought that? Oh, man, I got bad news from the doctor, but the God I serve is able to heal me. Oh, man, these bills are piling up, and I don't know what I'm going to do, and i got to get gas to go somewhere, and I don't know what I'm going to do. But the God who supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory can supply for me. Man, I don't know what I'm going to do about this situation, but God does. God knows exactly what to do. And that's what they said. If we throw us into that fiery furnace, the God who we serve is able to save us. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it very clear to you, your majesty, that you will, we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. See, I believe that... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not become overcomers when they stepped inside the fire and Jesus was walking with them. That's what the Bible says. It says that Nebuchadnezzar, after they were thrown into the fire, he said, how many did we throw in there? And they said, three. And he said, why is there four? And he got to looking a little closer, and I don't know how he knew it, but somehow he knew that was the Son of God walking around the fire because he said, that looks like the Son of God. There was something about that fourth man. It wasn't a guard or a servant that went in there with them. It was the Son of God. Even King Nebuchadnezzar, as evil and wicked as he was, recognized the Son of God when he saw him. But I don't think that's when they were made overcomers. I think they were made overcomers before they ever went to the fire. I think when they put God first and said, No matter what happens, if I die, I'm putting God first. If God saves me, I'm putting God first. They said, I don't care what happens. I'm going to put God first. He's going to be my first priority. Not you, not the statue, not the fiery furnace, not anything you do to me. Paul said to live is Christ, but to die is gain. If I live, I get to promote Jesus. If I die, I get to go be with him. And so those three, those three young boys were made overcomers, not because, man, it'd be awesome if you could stand here and Jesus walk around with you. I mean, who wouldn't be an overcomer? Hey, Jesus is walking with me to the supermarket. I'm walking like this, you know. What I'm Jesus is over there. You better watch it, buddy. You better not park next to my vehicle. That's Jesus sitting there on the drive. Well, he's driving. I'll let Jesus drive my Jeep. <laughs> Jesus was there. We would have floated across that mud hole. There wouldn't have been no getting stuck in that stinking thing. <clears throat> the definition of an overcomer. One who succeeds in dealing with a problem or difficulty. How many of you deal with problems and difficulties? I mean, you know, I've said this a couple times, but if you don't have a problem, go to the gas pump. That's that's a big problem right now. You don't have a problem, turn to your neighbor. They can give you a few of theirs. You don't have a problem, turn on the news. They'll give you some problems. Problems and difficulties are going to come. They've been coming since the beginning of time. I mean... Abel had a problem. It was his brother Cain. You know? I thought my brother was bad when he beat me up all the time as a kid. But, you know, he never killed me. So I guess I was lucky. If you deal with problems and difficulties, you need to be an overcomer. And I believe the formula to being an overcomer is to give God your everything. Put God first in your life. See, I found that to be true. And, and, and see, I, want, I want to share this with you. We don't always feel Jesus walking around in the fire with us. That, Like I said, that'd be awesome. Yeah. It'd be so awesome. Man, I get sick, well, Jesus comes and sits at my bedside. You know, I, I, I mean, I have financial problems. Jesus goes with me fishing, and we open up the mouth of a fish, and there's money in it. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? I've fished a lot, and I ain't never seen money in no fish's mouth. Yeah. Maybe I don't pray enough. I spend time in prayer as I'm fishing. Lord, bless this fish. Multiply it. Make it worth hundreds of dollars. would it be awesome if Jesus is right there with us? But he's not always. But we're still worshiping. We're still serving. Julie, if you'll come on up. We're still worshiping. We're still serving. We're still putting first in our lives. And I believe that if you're struggling with problems or difficulties, as we all are, that if you'll stop and you'll reevaluate your life and you'll say, how much time am I spending with God? How much time am I giving to the Lord? How much time? And then if we say, am, am I giving him all my love? Am I giving him everything? And if we stop and we reevaluate that and we say, you know, how long has it been since I even opened the Bible? I, you know, there's a song, and I, I'm ashamed to admit I, Well, I'm not ashamed to admit, I don't listen to country music, but every time I heard this song, I always thought it said there might be a little dust on the Bible, but it doesn't change what's inside. Turns out it wasn't the Bible it was saying, it was talking about the bottle. If you some of y'all have heard that song, you don't look at me like I'm crazy. I, I don't even listen to country music and heard it on the radio and stuff sometimes. I always thought they were saying, there might be a little dust on the Bible, but it doesn't change what's inside. I thought I could listen to country music and talk like that. That ain't what they are talking about. They are talking about the stinking bottle on the shelf and what's inside. But you know what? I still sing it. There might be a little dust on the Bible, but it don't change what's inside. I don't care if you had not picked up your Bible in years. What's on the inside is still as powerful as it was the day you bought it. It's as powerful as the day it was written now, I'm not talking about print it out. I'm talking about the day that the, that the prophets of old wrote it down under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. There might be a little dust on it, but dust that sucker off, pick it up, and start reading it, and you'll find power, you'll find strength, you'll find guidance, you'll find Jesus. I promise you. might be a while since them knees hit the floor, too. There might be a little dust on the altar. I'm going to rewrite that song and sing it. I could sing country music. They don't sound very good anyway, so we listened to something that day and they started singing and she said you can do better than that and I said okay I don't know what it was but that was pretty bad and, and they were on TV or something it was radio or something I don't know what it was listening to but anyway I like, okay do you know what there might be some dust in your prayer closet some dust bunnies in there because you hadn't been in there in a while and them jeans and them knees of your pants might not be worn as much as they need to be but it doesn't mean they can't be Because you know what the great thing about God is? His love never ends. His love never fails. He doesn't look down and say, now something, you know, I'd look at my kids. I'd be like, that kid's a brat. I ain't buying him nothing. God don't do that. Thank God he doesn't do that. Because I'm telling you, there'd be so many times I'd be like, Lord, I need a blessing. He'd be like, I heard what you said the other day. I saw what you did the other day. God says, yes, come to me all who come to me will receive unconditionally no matter what we may need to go in there and repent of some things lord forgive me of this lord forgive me of this but the lord will say you're forgiven child well god can can jesus blood still cover me Ain't nothing that the blood of jesus won't cover there's nothing the blood of jesus won't cover And I believe the moment your knees hit that ground in prayer, you become an overcomer. I believe the moment you pull out that Bible and start reading it, you become an overcomer. I believe the moment that you make that decision, I'm not going to follow the world, I'm not going to go with them anymore, I'm going to go with Jesus and I'm going to put him first. I believe you become an overcomer and you'll begin to see it and it will reflect in your life. And your problems and your difficulties, they'll still be there. Man, I hate those preachers that talk about, oh, if you follow God, you'll never have a problem again. I don't know where you live but it's not in the real world because the problems have always been there. The Bible doesn't say that when they got saved, they had no more problems. It says then they become, began to be persecuted. And Jesus even said in the last days, you'll be persecuted and killed and imprisoned and beaten for my, in my namesake. It's not gonna be easy, but the thing about it is you will become an overcomer. You may get thrown in a fiery furnace, but you're not gonna be in there alone because Jesus is gonna be walking around with you. Man, that's the first recorded time of Jesus being on the earth was right then. And not only that, but everybody's gonna look up and they're gonna say, man, that's I don't know who they are, I don't know what they're doing, but Jesus is with them. They overcome whatever their problem is, they've overcome their difficulty. We gotta spend that time, we gotta spend that love, we've got to give him our first fruits. Amen. Stand with me this morning, if you would. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we love you this morning. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you so much, God, that I, Lord, no matter what we do, no matter where we go, we can't go too far from your love. We can't go too far. From your hand, God, it's always there for us. God, it's always calling us back. Lord, I praise you for that this morning. Have ever head bowed our clothes this morning, the question this morning is, you don't know Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you did at one time, but you haven't been living for the Lord. It's been a long time since you gave anything to the Lord, including your life. And you say, I want to make that right this morning. If you just slip your hand up, put it right back down this morning. I just want to pray with you. You'd say, I need to know Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Hallelujah. Now another question this morning, maybe you're here this morning. And you'd say, you know what? I, I really haven't been given God my first, haven't been given God my best. There's times I don't spend any time with God. There's times I don't feel like I've loved God lately. Nobody looking around, just slip your hand up. If you'd say that, you'd say, I don't feel like I've been giving God my best. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. I'm not going to make fun of you. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to drag you out in the middle of the aisle and beat you because of it. I just want you to admit it. I want you to say, God, I I haven't been giving you my best. I haven't been giving you my first. Anybody else this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you for those hands. You know, God's looking at you right now, and he's just pouring out his love on you. Because if you can admit, God, I've messed up, God's going to say, I know. I knew it all along, but I've been right here waiting for you. I've been here waiting for you to give me your time, give me your love, to give me your first. I've taken your second, your third, and your fourth, but I want you first. Because when you give me your first, I can give you my best. Anybody else this morning, you'd say, I haven't been giving God my best. Hallelujah. 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 This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for you. And those that raised your hands, I want you all to be the first to come find a place to pray. Because you need it. I'm not judging you. Just saying, you need to come spend some time with the Lord and talk to listen. You're not hurting me by not spending your time with God, you're hurting yourself. And God loves you, and He wants to bless you, and He wants to help you, and He wants to be there for you. But He just wants you more than anything. He just wants you. And so, I'm gonna pray for you real quick. And those of you that raise your hands, y'all should be the first ones to come to the altar. Push people out of your way, get out of my way. I gotta get down there and spend time with God. And the rest of you say, I'm gonna go spend time with God because I have an opportunity to. So many times we give up an opportunity to spend time with God in the altar because we want to get out of here. Well guys, it's, it's, it's 18 minutes to 12. I mean, the Baptist church is not even out yet. we got plenty of time. Let's spend some time with God. Amen, let me pray. Father, those that raise their hands, you saw them. Lord, they're, they're admitting today. They're saying, Lord, I need more of you and I've not made you a priority in my life, but God, they want to. God, they've raised their hand in confirmation that, God, they want more of you. They need more of you. And, God, they want to spend more time with you. They want to give you more of their heart. They want to give you their best. God, I pray right now you begin to pour out your love on them. God, don't leave them feeling lonely because they raised them. Don't make them feel like they're being judged, Lord, because they raised their hand. But, God, wrap your loving arms around them this morning as you have me so many times. God, lift them up. Just like the prodigal son, he ran away. But when he came back, the father ran to him. Because that's the Father that you are, God. And when we say, I haven't spend, I haven't given my best to you, God, but I want to, we know you run to us and you pick us up. And you hug us and you hold us and you wrap your cloak around us. You put your ring on our finger. You love us and you make us your own, God. And I know this morning you want that for all of us, God. And as we come, Lord, we give our best to you this morning, our best prayer, our best worship, our best to you this morning. God, I pray that you'd begin to bless us, Lord. Begin to pour out your blessings on us like never before father hallelujah now those of you that raised your hand come down everybody else let's find a place this morning let's spend some time with god give him your best time right now don't give him your seconds or your thirds or some of your prayer some of your worship maybe you want to stay at your place and sing with them give them give god your best right now hallelujah down, I prayed beside Jill for a second, and I said, Lord, we give you our children. We give you first choice with them. If I had my choice, there's a couple I'd give you. It doesn't work that way. You know, sometimes we we got to give up some things, and we say, Lord, it's, it's our family. I had a pastor one time, he said, Lord, I need a van. He says, if, if you provide for the van, the church will use it whenever they need it. Lord, provide it for the van. Some guy come to him and said, man I need, a, I, need a, I need a ride I need something he said man I got a van out here I can take you and God provided the need for him because he said I give it to you you know we want to pray over our kids God God, we use our kids we give you our, our, our you know that's what Samuel's mom did and he ended up being a great prophet Lord take my kids I give you first choice with them Lord take them use them take our home Lord we give it to you Lord everything that we have we give you God just blesses us. I have more kids than I started out with. I don't know how. Sometimes you pray for things and you get more blessing than you. You get more blessing than no. I'm just kidding. All my kids are blessing. It's like lot. You know, he didn't deny God. He stood faithful to God. He put God first, and God gave him twice as many family, twice as many kids. He still didn't take that wife away. That's all I'd have wanted. Just take the that nagging wife. But, you know, Lot, there's, there's so many stories in the Bible where they put God first and God blessed them. God multiplied everything that he took away from Lot. Because he put God first. Even his wife said, curse God and die. His friend said, man, what do you curse him and die? Just get it over with. And he said, I will not. That's right. That's right. So as we leave here today, put God first. Listen, you may go to a restaurant and eat. I want you to put God first and, and pray for that waiter or waitress that's with you. You don't know what they're going through. Man, they could have had a hard time at home this morning. They may be a single mom that, 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 that's got mouths to feed and they're doing this and four other jobs just to pay. Man, you may say, God bless, I want you to bless. And I'm not saying give them a $100 tip. That's up to you. You know, if they pray, that's what God does. But sit there and pray for them. Say, Lord, I, I pray for that waiter. Waitress is right here. I pray for that person that, that's waiting on me. Lord, bless them. That's what's putting God first is not just, Lord, bless this food that I'm going to eat so I don't gain 100 pounds with it. Lord, bless that person. Yeah. Amen. Let's put God first, all right? Let's pray we'll be dismissed. Father, we love you. Lord, I thank you for this group of people that are here this morning. I pray that you'd bless them. Lord, as they put you first in their time, Lord, I pray that as we go home, we'll pull out our schedules and, and say, I need to put God. I need to make sure I've got prayer time. I need to make sure I've got time for God in, in my schedule this week. And if I have to squeeze in, I don't want just some time, or if I have any left at the end of the week. God, I need to make a priority that every day I, I start the day or I take time during the day to spend with you. And, Lord, I pray you'll bless them right now. Lord, reward them. Show them for that, Lord. Your word says if we draw nigh to you, you'll draw nigh to us, Lord. And I know that as you come closer to us, God, you bring blessings, you bring peace, you bring joy with us. And we pray those things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Don't forget tonight. Be here back at 6 o'clock tonight. Write that on your schedule, 6 to 8 or 8, 30 or 9. I don't know how long tonight. It may last a while. But anyway, but write it in on your schedule. Yeah, um, I need to meet with uh, the parents of the kids that are doing fine arts just for about two minutes.